Packers Daily with Jason Mertides. And welcome to your Monday, December 14th edition of Flyers Daily with Jason Mertides. Um, everybody that listens to this podcast knows by now that I love a countdown timer. Well, I'm back at it again with the countdown timer. It has now been 100 days since the Flyers last played a game. They last played a game on September 5th. Of course, that was Game 7 against the New York Islanders. It ended their, their playoff run in Toronto in the bubble and a chance to go to the Eastern Conference Finals. That was now 100 days ago. And if rumors are true, and the NHL is going to start the 2021 season coming up in just a couple of weeks, the proposed January 13th start, then we are only 29 days away from the next NHL season starting. So while it's been 100 days on this Monday since the Flyers have played, it may only be four weeks and a day, 29 days, until the Flyers are back on the ice. So something to look forward to when you kind of put it into that perspective. We hope that is exactly what happens, uh, not only for the Flyers to get back on the ice on January 13th and play in an NHL game, but for the rest of the league as well and all of the associated parties. Goalies Week has been a blast. We've talked to Marty Biron. We've talked to Michael Layton. We've talked to Brian Boucher. We've talked to Robert Ash. We've talked to Bobby Taylor. We've talked to a lot of Flyers goaltenders from the past. But what would Goalie Week be? without talking to the goalie of the present and of the future. Here's my conversation with Flyers goaltender Carter Hart. Joining us and wrapping up Goalies Week, you got to do it with the current goaltender. We've revisited so many great Flyer goaltenders of the past. Now we go to the present, and Carter Hart joins us on this episode of Goalies Week. Carter, how you doing? I'm good. How you been? Uh, I've been good, man, but I, I, I did some math before you came on. And the last game you guys played was on September 5th. That was from the day we're taping, 96 days from the day this actually airs. It'll be 100 days um, since your last game. Does it feel like it's been, you know, that long for you with this offseason being kind of split in two? Yeah, I mean, it's, it's definitely weird, but um, it does feel like it's been a long time. And for us, like, I think we're just really excited to, hopefully get back at this thing here soon and with some, with some dates and some knowledge. And, uh, cause it does, like you said, it does feel like it's been a long time. Um, one of the things in, in preparation for a season is, is knowing where the starting line of a race is, right. Uh, you kind of want to prepare for that. Um, for you, you know, you, there was a little bit of, uh, kind of it, things weren't looking good for a bit with some of the back and forth between the, the, the owners and, and the players association, but that quickly changed. Um, now knowing that you have something that looks more like a firm date, at least as firm as it can be during a pandemic, has that allowed you to kind of fo- target that date to to focus your preparation towards that specific time? Yeah, I mean, I think that's the date that we're hoping for there is January 13th, 15th, around there. Um, so I'm going to be heading back here um, in a couple of days now to Philly just to get my prep going there. And that's what I usually do is I come in about a month early or, well, no, I guess we'd have a month before the regular season with camp, but um, I'm usually in about a month before the regular season start date. Um, so I, I think that's it's the right time to come in and prepare hopefully for a January 13th, 15th start date around then. Has the restrictions or, you know, just kind of the world we're living in, is that, has it led you to do anything a little bit differently in your training so far, you know, with maybe, you know, less players available on ice, you know, finding, you know, NHL quality shots for you to, to ramp your training up? 
Uh, it actually hasn't been that bad here. Um, we, uh, like I, we're shutting everything down here Monday. So it kind of works out well that I'm coming back to Philly cause I won't be able to skate here anymore. Um, our sessions with my goalie coach here, Dustin Schwartz have been unreal. Uh, I've been skating with the, uh, with, uh, my buddy, Tristan Jari, um, obviously an arch rival with the Penguins, but, um, our sessions have been really good together and, uh, with Schwartzy and we've had some great shooters with David came out a couple of times. We've had uh, a couple other guys, Jake DeBrusque. Um, so I, it, the sessions here have been awesome. So, so being able to go back and work with Dustin in the summertime and you've worked with him a while, um, to, just to go back and have that familiarity, I, I'm, I'm assuming that's pretty important to you to, to get those sessions in and go back and work on some of the stuff that, you, you know, you've gone through for years with him. Yeah. I mean, I think with Schwartz, he, like he, I've been with him since I was 13 years old. So we go back a long time, nine years now. Um, and I mean, every summer we always get in a good amount of work and, and it's nice that with Dilly too, Kim Dilbo and Philly, uh, they're both on the same page. Um, they both teach similar styles. And um, I think that's, that's really beneficial to have two guys that two guys in your corner that, um, that get along and, and obviously have their different opinions and different approaches to the game too. But um, two guys that are very smart and knowledgeable in the game of hockey and goaltending. So uh, I'm lucky to have them. You're always looking to add another element, another, for lack of a better term, a tool to add into your tool bag to give you save selection, whether it's, you know, something like that. The spread is something you incorporated quite a bit last year. Also, you look at, uh, you know, just in reading plays. Is is there anything that you focused on adding, you know, to your repertoire this year um, that you wanted to really kind of dial in in the, I almost said summer, but in preparation for the season? Yeah, I mean, uh, definitely looked at a couple things, and one of the areas was uh, managing some depth in different situations and seeing playing with uh, different amounts of, of ice and seeing um, how much ice I can gain and how much ice I have to give up in certain situations and maybe pushing the boundaries a little bit and maybe trying to get a little bit more ice in some situations or maybe I have to give up a little bit more ice. And I think that was, that was good. We got a, enough reps uh, in this offseason so far. I was shorty working on uh, different scenarios and, and playing out with different uh, different depths in the net and in the crease. Is there? Is there? Do you watch certain guys and and you know maybe you see the depth that they play out you know and you say maybe if I just took a little more and you, you maybe that's what kind of gives you the idea to take more more ice in those situations because obviously if you take more ice it, you got more ground to cover if you have to you know on a cross ice pass or across the slot line um, and if you're deeper yeah. It, it's less, but is there certain players or, or goaltenders that you played against or seen kind of go, well, let me give that a shot. Maybe that's something that would work for me. I mean, it's a read thing. So it's, it all depends on uh, how many guys are in the rush or how many guys are on the attack or if there's a backdoor play in or you're on the power play end zone, uh, depending on how they're set up. But um, I mean, a couple of guys you look at where you've got a guy like Carey Price off the rush. And if there's no threat, he's way, way out of the blue paint. Um, trying to cut off the shooter, and um, I think I think that's a that's a good approach. Um, I mean, for me, I'm six two, so I'm an average height goalie in the NHL, and so I'm not a huge goalie. But um, I think being able to add tools like that into your box uh, can be really beneficial. 
Yeah, no doubt. Uh, working with uh, Tristan Jari, as you mentioned, uh, with Dustin Schwartz out there, um, you picking up things from his game, and I, I'm assuming he's picking them up from yours. Do you, you guys have those conversations? And, you know, maybe it's like, you know, just as simple as a post integration, something that he does different, and you kind of just look at it and go, oh, let me see if, how that feels, you know, and then a lot of it is about feel. And, and if it's something that you may incorporate, anything that you picked up on Tristan Jari or that he's picked up from you? Yeah, I think it's it's nice to have a guy like him out there to share the sessions with where um, I'm in the net and he's out there watching with, with uh, Dustin and he picks up on a couple of things or I'm in I'm out of the net watching him and I pick up on a couple of things. And I mean, we both have different styles we play and um, there's things we do differently. There's things we do um, the same, but um, I think he's a, he's a really sound, really calm goalie and uh, really patient and that's one thing that I kind of really took off of his game was just how how patient he is and how little he really has to move and how quiet he keeps his game and it, it's something that I uh, it, it's it's pretty cool to watch it's something that you do very well already in the NHL and Carter let's go back to the playoffs because uh, you got your first taste of playoff hockey albeit without a crowd and hub cities but uh, it was still playoff hockey and you're playing for your playoff lives. You, your numbers in the playoffs were off the charts, a 926 save percentage, uh, two, two, three goals against average, ended up with two shutouts. Um, when you reflect back now on uh, the playoffs and kind of assess your play and, and kind of what do you take from it and what did you kind of learn from playoff hockey, albeit a little bit different than normal? Yeah, I mean, like you said, it's definitely a different style of playoff hockey where we're in a bubble and you got no fans, but um, I think I think at the end of the day when the puck was dropped that the intensity was really was there and it was great hockey and um, with regardless with no fans uh, we, um, both teams or all teams came to play and they all came for one common goal and that was to win a cup and um, that being my first Stanley Cup playoffs I really learned a lot and I learned what playoff hockey like is like at the NHL level um, you're playing pretty much every second day. So it can be a quick turnaround some days. And I'm a guy who likes to morning skate most days. And you know what? Some days taking a morning skate off can, can really help with your energy levels at, at, uh, on game days. And, and uh, there was a lot of things there where, I mean, going through my first Stanley cup playoffs that I really took away from it and it's going to help me moving forward. Uh, in this series that we're doing here on flyers daily with goalies, we got a chance to speak with Michael Layton, um, and he talked about back in 2010 that uh, when they went to the finals and they beat Montreal in the conference final, he had three shutouts in that best of seven series and only went five games. Uh, but he said he felt comfortable in that building in Montreal. And there are certain buildings that you just go in, whether you had success there or it, sometimes it's the lighting, it's the color of the seats, it's whatever, right? Um, but you seem to have a high level of comfort at home last year because you had an all-time uh, statistical home season. You had a record of 23 and two at the Wells Fargo Center, a 163 goals against average and a 943 save percentage. Why? Um, I mean, some people want to make it, you know, uh, you, that you struggled on the road. Uh, there were some games earlier in the season where maybe they inflated those road numbers a little bit. And all, truth be told, you had better road numbers in your first year than you did at home. But what was it about? What, what is it about playing at the Wells Fargo Center? that allowed you to have such in extreme confidence and success? Um, yeah, I mean, I don't know if there's, like, I prepare the same. So I, at the end of the day, there's no difference when you're playing at home or on the road as a player. But I mean, for us as, as the home team, when we're playing at the Wells Fargo, um, 
I think just our fan base and support and how electric it can get in the, in the arena. And, um, I think it can be tough for teams to come in and I mean, our, our fans are passionate and they got, they get on us when we're losing. And I know they get on the other team when, when we're kicking, uh, kicking the crap out of them or winning or whatever. But, um, yeah, I think, I think that's an advantage for us is that our building is, is electric. It's loud and it's a tough barn to play it. Um, do, do you have a particular save from last year that sticks out to you as, as one that, that was your favorite save? I look at the Panarin one on the back door. I look at the Taylor Hall one in the first home game of the season uh, where you got the shutout against the Devils. Um, th- those ones that are sticking out to me, but oftentimes, like I asked Brian Boucher what, from his career as a flyer what his favorite save was, and it wasn't the Eliash where he flipped around and his helmet, his mask flew off. It was actually <laughs> the shootout one against Jokinen. Uh, to get into the playoffs oh, yeah. in 2010, which was a great one. But is there one that pops out to you? Uh, I would say for last season, probably the Taylor Hall one. That was my first shutout. And now, having uh, seen that Doc Emmerich's retiring, I know he called that play, he called that game. So I think that's something that's really cool to me. Do you remember, are you one of those guys that kind of has a catalog in your head of, of big saves and sometimes some goals that you don't like? Um, yeah, I mean, I think there's saves that you definitely recall and I mean, there's plays that, um, you don't like that you definitely recall, but, um, during a hockey season, you got to have a, a mindset where, um, you got to turn the page quick and even on games when you're playing great, I mean, you know what, once the game's over and that buzzer buzzer goes off, you got to do it again in a couple of days or less. And I think that's the great thing about our sport is um, you get so many opportunities to go out and perform. And um, even days when you're not at your best, uh, you can get right back at it the next day or you're right back at it in a day or two. Uh, let me ask you about this coming season because the schedule is going to be different. Travel is going to be different. It looks like uh, when you guys do get going that, you, you know, you may go to a city like Pittsburgh or New York, and you may play multiple games, more kind of like a baseball schedule where you go in and you play multiple games in the building so you're not traveling back and forth quite as much. Um, and and you're, it looks like you're possibly only going to play the teams in your division, those eight teams, so you'll have seven different opponents. So you'll see a lot of the same players throughout the year. That'll make for a great rivalry and, and hatred towards teams. Um, but seeing the same shooters and tendencies, there's going to be a lot of adjustments that go on on all aspects of the game. That element of it for you as a goalie, seeing a lot of the same shooters. You're going to see some good ones in this division. Um, What's that like for you? Is that constantly showing them different looks and and those kind of things? Yeah, I mean, um, I mean, we play those teams a lot regardless uh, with the schedule. We play them. I don't know how many games it is against per team in the Metro, but um, we see a lot of them anyway. So something that we're, we're not familiar with. And obviously it's going to be a little bit more than what we're used to. And we'll just have to, like you said, it's going to add some more feel to um, rivalries and maybe some unexpected rivalries between some teams. And um, I think with whether we have 56 or 48 games, it's going to make a very competitive season because once we get going, um, there's no looking back. We, uh, with a shorter season, um, the room for error, the room, the margin of error is, is a lot smaller. So you got to bring it every game. Um, back there, it looks like conceivably there'd be more back-to-back games as well. Um, you're feeling on playing back-to-back situations. 
Um, you know, everybody's broken down the numbers at this point for, for goaltenders and playing back-to-backs in a full 82-game season. Uh, maybe it doesn't make as much sense in that situation. It may make more sense in this one because you just alluded to, uh, there's less games, more importance on those games. Um, for you playing back-to-back, I know you did a lot of that playing in junior for sure and growing up, but wh- where do you kind of come in on the playing back-to-back? Yeah, I mean, um, you're playing back-to-backs. Like, if you get the call, you get the call, and you just have to be ready. That's it. That's, uh, that's it at the end of the day. And, I mean, we're professionals. We take care of our bodies. And I think this season, with a condensed uh, schedule, something where recovery is going to be huge and get the right amount of rest and sleep. And, but at the same time, like I know Moose is, is a very capable goaltender as well. He was great for us last season. And I have no doubt that he'll be great for us again this season. So have you, do you prepare any different now than you did going into your first pro season? Cause you learn a lot about your body. You learn about, I get a lot more sleep. I'll tell you that. <laughs> do you really? Okay. Why, why is that oh, yeah. conscious effort? I'm in bed at I'm in bed before ten o'clock. <laughs> oh, really? Uh, and, yeah. And you're do, you're doing that purposely just because you feel fresher when when you're getting more quality Z's. I'll, I'll be honest. I'm I'm a guy who needs like I need my nine hours, or I'm I'm grumpy in the morning. So, um, I mean, I've I've learned that, um, I guess that through the experiences at the the pro level, and I mean, in junior is a little different where, um you're playing mostly on weekends or on Wednesdays and you get a lot of days sometimes to sleep in and uh, with schedules and stuff. But here in, in, uh, in the NHL, you're playing almost every second day or back to backs. And I think it's, it's crucial um, the amount of sleep you get and really managing that. Well, that's good news for you then with the, the kind of regional travel, it won't disrupt your sleep as much. Are you a guy that can sleep on a plane? Uh, yeah, not too bad. Usually I just put my headphones on and I'm out. Like I listen to some soft music and you're on the plane or the train. And I think that's, that's, what's really nice about our division here is our travel is really short. And I think we got a couple of places where we only bus to or train to and training to, to uh, other cities like New York or to Washington. That's the best way to travel. So easy, so convenient. And it's easy to sleep on the train. Yeah, yeah, they ride in the rails, put the headphones on, the rhythm of the tracks kind of is like a circadian rhythm, kind of knocks you out. Um, yeah. Last thing for you, uh, what did you kind of do in the downtime before you got back on the ice? Where, how did you kind of pass time by and kind of clear your head and, and recover your body and everything? Yeah, I mean, I played as much golf as I could have here until um, the weather got cold. So about mid-October, we, got, we, were, we were golfing and we actually had a really good fall. Um, I haven't been home during this time of the year since I was 15, so it's been a while. Um, but, yeah, we had golf till middle of October. And then I actually really got into indoor tennis, into tennis. So um, I was playing quite a bit with my buddies during COVID the first time around when I came home and the weather warmed up. And then once golf uh, shut down, me and my buddies would go play indoor tennis <laughs> twice a week, and I love it. It's so fun. Good transferable skills too for the position, right? Oh, it's yeah, it's awesome. And then I, I bring like sometimes we play doubles or helping. I'm with two other buddies and we'll play King's Court and see who can play the most amount of games in a row without losing. Oh, that's it's a good workout. Great. It's fun. Uh, did you get into any kind of VR stuff with uh, goalie training or eye training? Uh, no, I don't. I got the uh, visual edge on my iPad that mm-hmm. I have, but that, that's it. 
Yeah, the new thing is that Sense Arena thing. It's pretty. Uh, I've heard of that. Yeah, I was looking into that. Yeah, I watched some videos of it. It looked really interesting, and they're constantly improving it. And as you know, attacks come in and different situations, it's pretty, it's really interesting to check out. And I know you're a guy that likes to try all, all kinds of different stuff and technology and stuff like that. Um, how did your guitar playing come up, come over the summer? It's actually been a lot better, <laughs> way yeah. better than I was last year. I wasn't I mean, for the last whatever couple of years. Like I've been okay, and then this year, like with all the downtime gave me extra time to really work on it and practice. And now I can actually play some full songs through and, and uh, it's a lot more fun. Right now I'm on the part of where I'm trying to work on singing and playing at the same time. And it's actually so hard. <laughs> it, it's annoying. Cause some guys do it and you're like, Oh my God, how do you, how can you do both of those things so well at the same time? And I, I know it's, it's a weird muscle memory thing for some of those guys, but that, I've never been yeah. a singer. I'll, I'll just play the guitar. I'm good with that. <laughs> um, oh, Carter, yeah. And then I was watching a YouTube video and they're, they're saying you got to hum along to the song first before you get down to, to singing it. And I'm like, oh, that definitely makes sense. But it's hard. It's hard, man. Yeah. It, it's, it's like a weird kind of coordination <laughs> that I've never had. It is. Yeah. Um, uh, so you're traveling into Philly. Uh, you guys are going to get camp underway here. So we're hoping for an announcement and get the season underway. Um, Everybody here is is ready, and I, I know you're preparing to, to be ready for it as well to get this game back on the ice. Hopefully, it leads to fans getting back in the buildings as well um, with, with the vaccine and everything that's kind of taken place uh, with this pandemic. I know it's in a bad spot now, but as always, we appreciate you taking the time. Uh, we're happy to wrap up Goalies Week with you, and uh, thanks for doing this, and we'll talk soon when this season starts. Yeah, no problem, man. Thanks for having me. Thanks to Carter Hart uh, for joining us and wrapping up Goalies Week. Hopefully, we're getting closer to an announcement uh, for said goalies to be getting ready to play in NHL games. Carter kind of alluded to it. Uh, we spoke last Friday. This is obviously in the Monday episode, and Carter is en route to Philadelphia as we speak to begin his training here in Philadelphia in preparation uh, for that suspected January 13th or thereabouts date and for the NHL to get back into another season. So safe travels to Carter, and thanks for joining us. Thanks to all the goalies who joined us on Goalies Week. And we'll be back Wednesday with another all-brand-new episode of Flyers Daily. Thanks to everybody for listening. Stay safe, stay healthy, and we'll talk to you on Wednesday's episode of Flyers Daily. want to tell you about the girl I love My, she looks so fine She's the only one that I've been dreaming of Maybe someday she will be all mine I want to tell her that I love her so